You're listening to Frontline by Speak Up, a podcast dedicated to helping you create a thriving workplace where everyone feels connected. This is episode number six of Frontline by Speak Up. I'm your host, Matt Warnock. I work on the marketing team here at Speak Up, and this week we're discussing company culture and the effects culture has on employee loyalty and relationships. Welcome everyone, and thanks for joining us on the podcast for our sixth episode. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Ragini Bala. How did I do with the name first? You nailed it. Uh, It gets butchered very often, so super proud of you. Mic drop. (laughs) It's only taken me six months to to get up to Well done, well done. So Ragini, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I am American, if you can't tell by my accent. I spent most of my life living in LA, lived in New York. I have a B2B tech marketing, PR, and content background. And I spent the last years actually in London before I moved over here to Amsterdam. So I am delighted to be here in this city and here in the podcast with you. And how are you enjoying Amsterdam? It's beautiful. Sometimes I stand by the canals and I'm amazed that this is where I live. Yeah, yeah. Has that effect sometimes, yeah. when the sun's shining. Yeah. If the sun shines. And tell us a little bit about what you do here at Speak Up. I run our communications and PR. So it's looking at how do we tell the right stories externally to the press and analysts. Um, so that's leveraging when we have exciting product features that are launching, when we're developing new research, data-driven content, how do we launch that externally and how do we drive stories from that? Um, and then when we have customer stories, momentum announcements. So it's really just making sure that I'm storytelling at every step and turn of the way. Yeah, and doing a good job keeping us all on track in the in the process. <laughs> Thank you. And part of your role here at Speak Up is also running the research studies that we conduct on an almost monthly basis, I guess. And the latest study, which we're going to discuss today, was out this week, entitled The Culture Factor, Improving Employee Loyalty and Relationships. So can you just dive in and tell us a little bit about the study and, and how it was uh, carried out? Yeah. A lot of the times when you read HR Trends um, articles in the press, the big topic usually is about engagement. How do you improve employee engagement? And one thing that, you know, I think we as a company and we as a marketing team were looking at was there are other factors that can influence employee loyalty and relationships um, and engagement as well. And culture seems to be one that's often not heard about enough, not talked about enough, and maybe not prioritized enough. So that was the really kind of impetus for why I wanted this this study to focus on culture. So we surveyed uh, over a thousand employees in the US and the UK. We wanted to understand the various embodiments of culture within organizations, how they're actually communicating culture and when they're making changes to culture to their employees. And also what do they consider to be strong attributes of culture? I think that's really important for HR teams, operations teams and internal communications teams to understand what their employees actually consider valuable from a culture perspective versus what they perceive to be important. Yeah, there's always a bit of a disconnect, or often a bit of a disconnect. There. Yeah. And okay, let's start. Let's go negative first. It's nice to focus on the negative. <laughs> and uh, what do you think are the main reasons for a bad culture in an organization? I think culture starts from the top down. And so it's very important that your leadership 
really builds those values. But I think a lot of the time what happens is values are something that's typically just written on a paper, written in a guidebook, or written on a poster and pasted on a wall. It has to be in the attitudes, the beliefs, the um, the cultural norms that are set within the space. So I think the reasons behind why culture oftentimes is either poor or toxic is because it's not actually being embodied. It's just being used in terms of superficial perks. So in the tech space, especially, it's very common to see companies say, we have a great culture. We have an amazing culture. Okay, tell me more. Why is your culture amazing? We have ping pong tables and we have gaming rooms and we offer free meals. Those are superficial Friday amenities. Drinks. Correct. Those are superficial amenities. And while they're great in the short term and they may create a sense of excitement or happiness, it's short term. It's short lived for employees. That's not what's actually going to make them happy long term. And culture is about those attitudes, beliefs, assimilations that are really spread throughout the company. Yeah. So perks can be a part of culture, but they're not culture. Correct. Okay. And... Um, as you mentioned, there's a, there can be a disconnect between maybe what executive leadership see and how the employees experience culture. So how do you think an organization, what should they look for to, to identify if maybe their culture is turning bad? Yeah, there's there's a few things, I think, a few signs that um, HR teams, organizations and their exec teams should be looking at. If your employees are not feeling comfortable speaking up or providing their opinions or feedback about whether it's projects they're working on, whether it's HR initiatives, if you've got that, if it looks like there's almost like seriousness within their faces and most people are staying quiet and not really actually saying, I want to volunteer and be part of something, that's another sign. Um, um, I think also gossip. Gossip can run rampant. And the reason it usually does is because there are deep-seated problems. So if you're starting to hear a lot of gossip within this, in the workplace, it's a sign that there's other issues that aren't being addressed. Okay. So let's say I'm uh, head of HR in uh, a large retailer, and I notice that my employees are coming to work looking sullen-faced and... Uh, they're not sharing much information with each other or with me, and I, I realize it's a sign that the culture is starting to go bad. Is it too late already, or, or can I turn that culture around? It's absolutely not too late. I think if any organization takes that mentality of it's too late, then they clearly don't understand the importance of culture because that right there is, is a problem. So the first thing they need to think about is you have to be willing to say there is a problem. You have to be willing to acknowledge it. You have to be willing to identify what are the causes of those problems. But then you also have to be willing to think of what is the right action plan to resolve it. So if your employees are coming in within a retail space and they're coming in and they feel they look like they're sullen, they look like they're just not enjoying themselves, feedback is a really great first step. And it needs to be both digital feedback and human interaction feedback. A lot of the times what happens is it's either one or the other, and you have to get that feedback regularly. You have to get it consistently. You have to get it openly. So you have to create a safe space for your employees to actually give you true feedback versus what you, they think you might want to hear. So you, again, it goes back to some of those other symptoms that we talked about of psychological safety, feeling comfortable opening up. Do you think younger employees nowadays feel safer in a, in a kind of a virtual space opening up more than face-to-face -face, or does it depend on, on the employee maybe? That's a good question. I think 
Younger employees, 100% are much more tech savvy. They're much more comfortable using digital um, and they're used to giving and receiving feedback across digital tools. So whether it's on social media, whether it's through various different mobile apps, whether it's through communications tools that they use, project management tools. So they're very comfortable with it and they expect it. And I think the great thing about digital tools is that it allows that feedback to be both given and received in real time. So it's, you're not worrying about, okay, we're having to do manual paperwork. We're having to wait till a monthly stand-up meeting with the entire store staff. It's, that can also be done, but you're, you're kind of pairing it with those digital tools so that they're getting that feedback on a regular basis. Because the thing about young employees like millennials and Gen Z, they value feedback. They want feedback. They crave it. Because they want to figure out if we're not doing something in the best way, they want to improve. Yeah. Well, I guess store manager or a restaurant manager could have how many part-time employees mm-hmm. and doing a 30-minute one-on-one every so often with those could be... Yeah, that's, really an operational, that's an operational <laughs> yeah. hazard because yeah. then you're not going to be taking care of the issues that you need to be taking care of on yeah. the floor. Absolutely. Cool. And one of the things that really caught my eye looking at the study was that a really great culture for a new employee starts way before they even kind of step foot in the door for the first day. Yeah. Um, and we call that pre-boarding here at Speak App. And I think it's something that is extremely important. And it's especially important to target those younger employees that we just talked about, like the millennials and the Gen Z, because a big part of when you join a company, it's terrifying. It's scary. It's a new place, new people you don't know. You want to make a good first impression. So there's a few things you can do in that pre-boarding stage. So don't wait till they actually walk into your store or walk into your hotel branch. Beforehand, set them up with what your digital comms tool is. Encourage them to actually give an introduction and say, hey, I'm I'm just joining this store. I'm so excited. Here's some things I've done in the past. It starts to forge a little bit of a digital bond, a digital relationship. And also, remember, if your digital tool feels and looks and acts like the social comms tools and apps that they're already using in their daily lives, they're going to be more inclined to do it. And they're already used to making those types of digital relationships. Yeah. Um, another great thing to do is use the buddy system. So assign someone, maybe there's someone who's been at your store for a few years, who's moved up the ranks and they've learned and they've gone through their own challenges. Assign them to be a mentor for the new employee before the employee starts working. So if they want to ask questions about uniforms, shift schedules, um, you know, things about your POS system, they can ask all those questions and they feel like there's someone there who can answer it for them and help them understand what they should expect on their first day. Yeah. I think that point about the introduction is so valid. I am obviously at Speak App, we, we use Speak App. And um, a couple of weeks before I started here, I sent a little intro to everyone. Uh, and I mentioned that I was from Liverpool, but I don't support Liverpool. I actually support the other <laughs> club from the city, which is Everton. And I had a few comments already and some jokes back and forwards about how hard life must be being an Everton fan. And it just made me feel so much more settled. And I knew there were a few people I could reach out to. And even on the first day when I was grabbing a coffee, some people came up to me and kind of had a little joke about football. So it just sort of broke the ice before I even started. Um, totally. Really, really valid. It's that impression piece and also just the like easing your nerves, you know? Yeah. It's, it's so you don't walk in your first day and think, oh gosh, it's a sea of strangers and I'm worried 
what do I say in person? And a lot of the times it's easier to communicate digitally. You have less stress, less anxiety about it. And we're so used to doing it on other platforms. So it's just, it just helps to ease that tension, but yeah. also start to like form some similarities as well. So you can see, okay, oh my gosh, this guy is on the sales team or this guy's in the customer support side and he's a big fan of football and this he's he's a fan of my competing team. Yeah. We can totally have really, you know, vivid conversations. So yeah. it's a great way to start those relationships. Yeah, definitely. So obviously we don't want to give the entire contents of this report away. I think people should uh, go to speakup.com and, and download the report, grab a, a nice cup of coffee and take their time to read through the results. I'm sure they'll enjoy uh, reading through the study. But I'm going to put you on the spot now. If you had to give a few tips that uh, organizations could start to introduce to improve, improve their culture, what would they be? I think one of the first things I would say is look at onboarding from a holistic point of view and not just, okay, one week, two weeks, three weeks in. I would say create a holistic pre-boarding and onboarding program that spans across about 90 days. So you've got a lot of the pre-boarding sort of initiatives and recommendations that I gave, but then you really delve deeper into HR check-ins, um, you know, consistent feedback, both digitally and, and via in-person, actually serving your employees on a regular basis, providing actual training, not just on what your company's culture or your payroll and your benefits, but even specific things related to your culture and your norms and the beliefs that you want to embody. I think the second thing I would say is embrace tech. Tech is a great connector. It's a great bridging piece between, so you've got employees who typically work, whether it's in retail or hospitality or entertainment. There are companies that have thousands of employees spread across thousands of locations across several countries. It's very hard to create those kind of relationships and connections. Use tech to forge those relationships to help build those bonds. I think that's absolutely important. And then I think the last one is Focus on emphasizing beliefs and attitudes um, over transactional engagement. So rather than one of the things that was surprising in our study was we asked what employees believed was the strongest or strong attribute of a great culture. And some of the lower specific lower responses were related to engagement, whereas the highest ones were trust, integrity, respect, fairness and teamwork. So if you can figure out how to embody trust, integrity, respect, fairness, and teamwork, especially, and that's where digital comes back into play, there's a huge opportunity for an organization to not just make employees feel happier, more satisfied with what they're doing personally on the job, but help them forge better relationships, help them feel like they're going to be more loyal to the company. Because then if they do get an offer, join a different company, or if, if someone says, I think you should join this company, they might say no, because they're going to be more loyal to you. Yeah. It's a great point about technology and, and how it can be used. I think it's much the same as well. And similar to how we're saying, like, perks don't equal culture. And also, you can't bring a tool in to introduce culture, but it can certainly help you scale your culture. Absolutely. It's a it's a nice, it's a tool. It's yeah. a an ally. It's a great supporting piece that can help drive a better culture, but you're 100% correct. A tool will not equate great culture either. Yeah. yeah, I love that point about technology. And I think it's kind of similar to how we were saying earlier, that perks can't equal culture. And also, you can't just bring a tool in to create culture, but it does, uh, technology can help you scale your culture. Absolutely. It's a supplemental piece and it's a very important supplemental piece. Um, yeah, so absolutely agree with you. 
Um, the last question, we're going to leave it after this one, but the study looked at employees across the UK and the US, and we were talking there earlier about beliefs and, uh, and sort of uh, those values. How do you feel that they differ? Did you notice, according to the results, that they differed across uh, UK to US? Yeah, there were, you know, it was interesting as I sort of dissected um, specific to US and UK responses, there were some some very, I mean, they weren't huge glaring differences, but there were certain ones. So, you know, one of the things that we, we see is that Americans as a whole really respect and appreciate and typically deliver communications very um we like open communication we like direct communication and we like it consistently and regularly whereas i think in the uk there's much more of a formal company culture type of environment employees tend to not be as concerned about that and there's also certain in the uk employees and overall people in general i think tend to follow more of um etiquette protocols and so it's less about being direct but it's more about being courteous so one interesting uh difference that we noticed in our study is one of the questions we asked respondents both in the us and the uk was would you rather work for work 60 hours a week or would you rather work for a company that doesn't value culture? The responses were somewhat different for the U.S. and the U.K., and I think it says a lot about what their cultural priorities are and yeah. preferences are. So almost half, so actually 55% of the U.S. respondents said they would choose a 60-hour work week. But when you look at how many of the respondents in the U.K., said they would work longer hours it was less okay so only 42 percent of the uk respondents said they would they would choose 60 hours a week yeah so one of the things that says to me and one of the things i can personally say i i understood from living in the uk for two years having is worked having worked in both countries yeah. is in the uk employees value their personal time it is an extremely important piece for them they need that work-life balance so it's very important to not live and breathe work. Whereas in the US, US work culture is very much work, work, work. It's that sort of you work until you get it done. You do, it doesn't matter. We would much rather work longer hours. Culture's not, That's not correct. So I thought that was really interesting. And it just goes to show you that it it's not just about a general blanket statement of these findings apply to all employees. It's very different for each kind of market because what they're raised to believe and how they're raised to perceive what's important to them is different. And that's where it goes back to kind of values over tactics, right? Because for an organization that's global, uh, a large hospitality firm that has, let's say, hotels or restaurants in the UK, Europe, US, that trust or, or uh, respectfulness, that's something that's universal, but how it plays out in each country might be very slightly different. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the other findings we found, which I thought was really interesting, was, you know, one of the options we asked about, is this a strong attribute of culture for you? One of the options was um, if you can receive an email from your CEO and more of the UK respondents preferred to get an, an, a welcome email from their CEO than American respondents did. Again, to me, that says a lot about the cultural differences, because one thing we know about and that I was just saying about UK work culture is it's much more of a formal rules based etiquette based type of environment and employees appreciate and respect getting something like that from a C-level. Whereas I think in the U.S., 
it's not really seen. There's not a lot of that kind of etiquette based environment in the workplace. And it's, you know, you have people from all different levels who are working with all different levels, even in the C level. And so they're not necessarily, they don't find it as amazing or as exciting to get an email, a welcome email from a CEO. So it's sort of, you have to think about these things when you build out what your cultural program is going to be per market, per region, per store. Awesome. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. And thank you for listening too. If you liked our podcast, then please leave us a review on iTunes. If you have any comments or suggestions, you can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. You can also contact us via email at podcast at speakup.com. Feeling inspired to make meaningful contact with your employees? SpeakUp is a branded communications platform that delivers more information sharing between non-desk employees. Head to speakup.com to find out how you can reduce the noise and increase the buzz by engaging with your workforce in a smarter way. Thanks for listening. Bye.